0: Welcome to Crazy Beach Asians. This is a podcast where we discuss the issues Asians can face in the Western world with a critical mind, a bit of healthy debate, and lots of tea. Hosted by Sydney-based digital marketer, Sharon Jiang, and journalist, Juna Zhu. Hey, hey, hey. Happy New Year, everyone. And what better way to start 2021 with a topic that you'll most likely encounter or have already encountered, the bamboo ceiling. With officers back in business and people going back to work, this issue is one that affects many Asian workers in the West. What is it? How does it affect you? And how can we crack the bamboo ceiling? Towards the end of 2020, I caught up with a friend who is of South Asian descent, and she was in a bit of a dilemma about her career progression and simply asked me the following. I don't know if you feel the same, but I would never ask for a pay rise or job promotion just because I see it as a sign of disrespect and it wasn't the way I was raised. Mm. Is this an Asian thing? And I replied to this question without hesitation, a big fat yes. (laughs) It's something I can completely relate to. And it got me thinking about the general structure of my previous workplace where I was in a role for quite a few years. Mm -hmm. Where is the diversity in leadership roles? Yeah, absolutely. I can also personally relate to that friend of yours. And I think it's because traditional Asian values tend to highlight humbleness and appreciation rather than to be headstrong and ask for what you actually want and possibly deserve. Exactly. So you are to be respectful to those above you and not get too ahead of yourself. And the idea of asking for a pay rise or promotion, which is quite frankly frightening for non-Asians, is only exacerbated for Asians who are raised with traditionalist values. And while this is quite an internal structure... There are also external factors that prevent Asians from getting ahead professionally. Yes. And there is a term that explains exactly this, which you may have heard of before. It's dubbed the bamboo ceiling. So, you know, the term, the glass ceiling, Mm -hmm. which explains the barrier that prevents women from attaining the highest roles in organizations. Mm -hmm. Well, the bamboo ceiling is just a derivative of this term and was coined by executive coach Jane Hewan, back in 2005, in her book, Breaking the Bamboo Ceiling, Career Strategies for Asians. And in her book, she addresses the barriers faced by many Asian Americans in the professional arena, such as stereotypes and racism, while also providing solutions to overcoming these barriers. Mm. And the bamboo ceiling, as defined by Hewan, is a combination of individual, cultural, and organizational factors that impede Asian Americans' career progress inside organizations. Mm. And interestingly, the idea of the bamboo ceiling is actually also strongly linked to the term model minority. So model minority came about in the 1960s to describe how Asian Americans and Asians Australians, Asians in other Western countries, are seen as the successful migrants. A model minority is a minority group whose members are perceived to achieve a higher degree of socioeconomic success than the average population. For Asians, this is mainly achieved from education. So the stereotype that Asians are smart and study hard, which largely is true. During this time, Asians were glorified for being hardworking and law-abiding citizens. But this then relates to the bamboo ceiling because despite this perceived advantage, the bamboo ceiling can be a real issue. A writer at Fortune magazine explained the bamboo ceiling as the processes and barriers that serve to exclude Asians living in the Western world from executive positions on the basis of subjective factors, such as, quote, lack of leadership potential and lack of communication skills, Emphasis on subjective, as they generally cannot actually be explained by job performance or qualifications. Yeah, and research and real-world cases reveal that despite their achievements and being highly skilled and Mm well-educated, Asians are still not being appointed to executive positions because of perceived personality traits that they are not assertive, Mm -hmm. strong, or confident leaders. Yeah. And according to a 2019 Australian Human Rights Commission report less than 5% of Australians of Asian heritage make it to senior executive levels and only 1.6% become CEOs. Mm. I also think it's important to point out that this issue, while pervasive, is so hard to be absolute. Just because those numbers exist doesn't mean every single Asian who didn't get a top job got discriminated yes. against. Yes. So Race Discrimination Commissioner Chin Tan said that quote, inequality of outcome does not automatically equal discrimination. What we're discussing here is the general theory of the bamboo ceiling and some possible reasons rather than one that is super clear and super factual. Yep, totally agree. Please do not take this as an excuse to blame a career failure based on racism because that's certainly not the case for every company. Mm, That is very true. But going back to those stats that you just mentioned, it does remind me of this quote I heard somewhere, and it really does sum up the bamboo ceiling in layman's terms. Asians are good workers, not good leaders. That hits hard. Yeah, it's very personal. (laughs) But unfortunately, that's how many Asians are perceived in Western workplaces, There's a 2015 report on diversity in Silicon Valley by an Asian professional organization that found at the five big tech firms, Asians are well represented in lower level positions But underrepresented Mm. at management and executive levels. Yes, Mm. and talking about amazing quotes, Mm. there was another one that really caught my attention. It was by an Asian Australian Member of Parliament. Oh, yeah, represent. Exactly, Asian represents. Asians in politics, that's Mm rare. Kingsley Liu said walking into the lobby doesn't mean you can get the elevator to the top floor Mm -hmm. which perfectly sums up the whole bamboo ceiling term yeah and through researching more into this topic it was quite apparent that asians don't tend to get high managerial roles due to differing leadership styles Mm. to quote a diversity council australia report 61% of Asian Australians feel pressure to conform to the Western or Anglo style of leadership that values self-promotion and assertive direct Mm -hmm. communication and often misinterprets the more quiet, reserved humbleness and respect for seniority to be lack of confidence Mm -hmm. and the report by research and consulting group cultural intelligence went on to explain that its interviewees articulated how their cultural upbringing impacted their work life for example some said children of asian immigrants carried a reluctance to challenge elders or for example would feel disinclined to voice an opinion unless spoken to or asked yeah that really hits home to be honest and it does link back to what your friend was talking about feeling disrespectful if she asked for a pay rise or promotion it seems to be in our cultural upbringing to have some of these personality traits of humbleness and respect in an abc article a vietnamese woman said that the differing of leadership styles is something she struggles with she said on one hand there's this model of what a leader looks like And it's very white. It's very male. It talks about the outspoken, the salesman in your face style of leadership. And that doesn't sit comfortably with me. So perhaps an issue that Asians face in the workplace is how do we stay true to our values and still make our way forward professionally? It's something that I ask myself so often. And I'm Mm -hmm. so glad that I sat down with my friend who had the same feelings Mm -hmm. and now talking to you that you reciprocate this as well. Yeah. It's something I've struggled with a lot throughout my career. Just finding that balance is really difficult and something that I think I will personally always struggle with. Yeah. But interesting that you also quoted a Vietnamese woman who noticed the disparity because Mm -hmm. the bamboo ceiling for all Asians is a problem, but you add in gender stereotyping and you've got a whole other level of disparity for Asian women who have a tougher time gaining a voice in the workforce. That is so true. You are so right about this. And I'm really glad that you brought this up because the concept of intersectionality is quite an interesting one. Basically, intersectionality looks at how overlapping dimensions, so race, gender, sexuality, education, can affect a person's experience. For example, a gay Asian male has different obstacles to that of perhaps a straight black female. So while the bamboo ceiling does affect both men and women, once you add, like you said, gender stereotypes to the mix, Women can be affected disproportionately. Yeah. It just takes things to a whole other level. A whole new level. A whole new issue that we've got to deal with. Exactly, yes. But I just want to say that Asians are so fucking talented. And then you think about it, it's so stereotypical to see Asians working as your engineers Mm -hmm. and architects and in the medical field. Hello, mm. doctor. And it's very rare that you see an Asian working, for example, as a managing director at a media company mm. or in politics, minus the Kingsley guy that we just quoted. exactly. exactly. And also minus Penny Wong. Oh, yes. Go, Go Penny Pin- Wong, represent. <laughs> and it starts from a young age too. So you don't actually need to enter the workforce to see the bamboo ceiling in play. Mm-hmm. It can actually happen during university which is completely evident in that harvard scandal i was so scared you were going to mention that oh my god When you said scandal and university i thought harvard oh my god this was juicy in all the wrong ways yeah so right explain what happened for those who don't know so a financial review report pointed out that there is A direct parallel with recent scandals at Harvard University where it emerged that Asian Americans were being discriminated against on the grounds of their personalities. Mm. Even though Asian students collectively scored higher than their peers as a group, they were also scored lower on subjective traits such as likability and having mm-hmm. a positive attitude. There's that subjective mm-hmm. aspect again. Over at MIT, the dean of admissions even described a Korean applicant as just another textualist math grind. I'm sorry, he said. He said what? Uh, just another textualist math grind texturless math grind great use of words yeah like wow but that, that's very colorful string colourful. it all together into one sentence and how dare oh you oh my god how did that even get out into the public that's so inappropriate a dean of admissions yeah can you imagine if he was describing you how would you feel about that? Again, because I'm Asian, I actually wouldn't speak up for myself. Yeah. I just nod, pay my respects because he is of... The Dean of Admissions. You'd yeah. feel bad about yourself rather than like speaking up about exactly. it. Unfortunately, that's another generalized perception of Asian workers. A textualist math grind. And I remember that Harvard case caused such a stir. The uni was actually taken to court on the basis of racial discrimination. So they should have. Well, I don't think the result is what we wanted. So a lawsuit was filed by a group representing Asian American students called Students for Fair Admissions. However, in 2019, a federal judge rejected their claim that Harvard was intentionally discriminating against Asian American applicants. So, this issue wasn't legally recognized by the courts, which again just shows how subjective and probably silent this problem may be. Mm, I'm going to come after you, federal judge, (laughs) and despite actually working at a law firm for a brief period Mm -hmm. of my life. Yeah. I have very little legal knowledge. And my main concern with something like Mm. this is how in the world do you hold someone accountable in a court of law when it comes to such a subjective topic and trait? It's not something you can prove. Exactly. Again, we've said this word so many times. It is so subjective and based on people's opinions. So with the bamboo ceiling, It's so easy for a company's board of directors or or a boss to say, well, the Asian who was going for that managerial position just didn't know how to manage people. He was a bad leader. He had bad communication skills. I mean, there's no explanation needed. Total BS. So with subjectivity in mind, What are some more obvious ways that Asians can be discriminated against in the workplace? Okay, one aspect that was really prominent during researching for this episode Mm. was the issue of the accent. Oh! Yeah. So, I haven't even thought about that. So, of course, an accent would impact an individual's level of confidence and perceived authority. There was also a 2019 public affairs article, which interviewed a lady by the name of Irene Yu. Mm. She was the director of migrant and multicultural banking at Westpac and the bank of Melbourne. So Mm. extremely successful. Go you, Irene (laughs) Yu. Oh, I see what you did there. Oh (laughs) Oh my God. I see what you did there. Carry on. (laughs) To quote her, It's very natural that customers will assume that I'm there to take coffee and take notes as opposed to being a director. On the basis that she's a minority and female. Mm -hmm. And yet she's probably one of the most successful people at that bank. Yeah. So I think the accent is an interesting point because... There is an internal bias towards people who speak English with a minority race accent, for example, Indian, Chinese, Korean, Vietnamese, whatever it may be. This is actually called accentism, where research has shown that we tend to unconsciously group people into a specific race or class and judge them based on accents. Apparently, it takes less than 30 seconds to linguistically profile a speaker, and our brains make a quick decision of ethnicity and race. And I actually personally think this is one reason why Asians tend to focus so much on education during primary high school university and perfecting our English language skills in order to sidestep the judgment. Yeah, I can totally relate to this going to a Western school, Mm. but being in a top English class and always obtaining great grades. It kind of reinforces that I fit into a school that I didn't appearance wise yeah, fit in exactly and I think this also carries well into the workplace as well yeah I can definitely relate to this too because I think as an Asian student in a western school there is an additional pressure to do really well in English because it means that what you can compete against your peers and maybe does it subconsciously mean that it can set you up for success Ah, oh, a hole has been filled <laughs> in my heart <laughs> Thank you, You therapist (laughs) Sharon (laughs) Jiang. A 2017 research done by the Academy of Management examined the impact of the Chinese accent on perceived employability. And they discovered that the more strongly accented you are, the more you're perceived as less competent, less likable and less employable. What's interesting is that accented females received lower employability ratings than males. And again, this whole gender oh, stereotyping yeah. disparity thing. There's a lot of research actually going into that. And it leads back to how we were saying, if you combine the bamboo ceiling with gender stereotypes, it gives Asian females in the workplace this like double whammy of obstacles to overcome. Yes, but despite this awe... We also have to point out that in our day and age, the community is evidently working towards putting an end to this workplace discrimination, and the term bamboo Mm -hmm. ceiling is definitely gaining traction worldwide. definitely. Thankfully. Yeah. It's just a matter of introducing interventions in order for other people who aren't from an Anglo background to step up into these leadership positions. So now that we're on the topic, let's look at some ways that we can try to break through the bamboo ceiling. No matter how difficult it seems right now. Sob. (laughs) R.O.P. Single tier. Okay, so we've established that the main reasons why the bamboo ceiling exists are the following. Mm. One, Asian upbringing and cultural background. Mm -hmm. Two, Western leadership model. Big one. Three, Mm. lack of strong mentorship and support. And four, cultural diversity in the workplace is not fully understood yet. And I guess now it's just a matter of tackling each one of these reasons to reduce the severity. So, Shazabongo, oh. our great minds, oh. how do we do this? Oh, God, I personally have no clue. I feel like this topic is way beyond my brain. So, I'm gonna bring in the big guns here. Enter stage right, Mr. Chin Tan. The Race Discrimination Commissioner at the Australian Human Rights Commission. Just look at that title. Okay. I mean... Wow. Good on Shintan. He's another one that I'm adding to the list of people that I completely respect. Absolutely. Okay, so he's not actually our guest on the podcast, but we will summarize some of his views. What? I thought he was on our guest (laughs) list today. He's too important for this. So... In a 2019 speech he gave, Mr. Tan highlights the importance of diversity in the workplace. He said, and quote, A diverse workforce enables new and different ways of thinking and attracts and retains a broader talent pool. Hells yes, Mr. Tan. Yes. So his speech is quite a lengthy read, but my take on Mr. Tan's perspective is that when we say diversity, we don't mean just fulfilling a company quota of five Asians in this department or like 10 black people in that department. It's not like sprinkling a few colorful people. Exactly. It's not a check Exactly. Exactly. So like relating back to what we were saying about leadership styles, it may be useful for companies to understand that there's more than one type of leadership that makes a good leader. Organizations should start recognizing that the points of difference on an Asian worker raised with values of humbleness, respect, and quiet reserve, may be more fitting than the assertive direct communication in some situations. That's very true, but it also sounds like such a slow and laborious workplace culture change. Yeah, I know, it does sound like it. Mr. Mm. Tan actually went on to point out that strong mentorship and training within a workplace is also important. He says, quote, "'While many Asian Australians have the requisite skills,' qualities and qualifications to make good leaders in their chosen fields like most skills and talents they need to be developed yeah I definitely agree with you in regards to mentorship and I think that is all well and good to desperately wish for your workplace to change into somewhere that fits you but uh, look I hate to admit it sometimes you just gotta bite the bullet and try to assimilate into your workplace as best as you can Mm. for example if you're shy and reserved It may do you favors to practice assertiveness sometimes and i think as immigrants we've grown up with a heightened ability to adapt to our environment i mean think about it we grew up in western schools learned a language that isn't our ancestral language we're adopting a lifestyle that is often at odds with our parents and those things don't you think they just make us more resilient and more nuanced so i don't think it's necessary to change everything in your personality to try and get ahead but it may be useful to mold certain parts of yourself while still retaining these points of difference i'm going to take that amazing advice on board oh in God. 2021 miss jane no. no i don't think i don't think a lot of people would agree with me though no but i think no. it's really important you can't wait around for external factors to change things and then have your say or whatever or yeah. you know try to make a change like sometimes you've got to put your foot forward you've got to put yeah. your personal needs first and just bite the bullet sometimes yeah. not in all cases but sometimes exactly. assess the situation see what the different outcomes are exactly. and you know go forth from there and i think mr Tan had a lot of great points about the industry at large but like you said it's a slow and laborious culture change yeah. i mean how many years would that be i know will we be retired by then who knows I know. i'm going to leave you with an awesome quote from the wise chintan who said an asian australian leader who is fortunate enough to make it through the bamboo ceiling is in my view a unique leader and perhaps arguably a better one for the reason that he or she has to deal and cope with an extra dimension of leadership challenges which may not usually apply to those in the leadership circle, namely his or her personal, racial, or cultural identity and experiences. Okay, Shazabongo, I have a few questions for you. Mm hmm. Go ahead. One. After researching for this podcast, are you more inclined to speak up for yourself now? I think that is such a tough one. But after doing all this research into leadership styles, I would definitely try to be more assertive in the workplace. But I think that's often easier said than done. I think for me, it's not only the race and gender that may be an obstacle. As a young worker who's still trying to find my footing in my career, you're often the new employee or a junior worker or assistant. So it's also the level of hierarchy that prevents me from speaking up. Yeah. So I think it's a little tough if that really relates to the bamboo ceiling or just the fact that like I'm a young worker. What about you? I definitely feel the same. Mm -hmm. And I 100% cannot walk the walk with this one. Mm -hmm. Like I'll play out scenarios in my head. And then when it comes to actually speaking up, Mm -hmm. I'll just keep all my thoughts to myself. I'm literally that meme where it's like I internalize all my thoughts, but I look... (laughs) so happy on the outside <laughs> and also i love everything about my current new job so mm. i have nothing to complain about at all okay my second question have you had any personal experiences with the bamboo ceiling or workplace diversity oh Look, I'm going to be honest and say I don't think my career has been long enough to have reached the bamboo ceiling. I think that's quite an achievement to actually have reached that level because you're at quite a high level in a company. But I can think of one instance where a workplace I was at didn't quite understand diversity, which is one of the points that contribute to the bamboo ceiling. So in the interview with the boss of this advertising company, He was explaining why he would like to hire me for this role. And he said, Mm -hmm. I like how you're Chinese. You've got an Asian face and you can speak a second language. This makes my blood boil every (laughs) time you tell me this story. Look, I would want to give him the benefit of the doubt and say that he just worded it poorly. I feel like I can understand what he's trying to say, but he just chose the absolute wrong way to go about it. But for me, the subtext was, he was only hiring me to tick the diversity box. Like, yay, we have the Asian yes. and the female worker. Like, kill two birds with one stone. My job is done. That's what it felt like to me. Yeah, definitely yeah. agree. Yeah. What about you? Have you encountered anything? Yeah, it's a difficult one for me. I've always thought that if you put your head down and you worked really hard, someone mm. will eventually notice you yeah. and all your efforts and i have to say that i've had a pretty good run in my career so far Mm. although like i've still got many years ahead of me Mm. and i've been extremely lucky with obtaining jobs so i can't really speak personally on this matter Mm. however i do know that it's prevalent and something that needs to be dealt with considering we are living in the 21st century and something like this is still such an issue yeah We've added in a new segment to the potty, so please give a warm welcome to, drum roll please, CBA College. You know, like your childhood tutoring school. No, bad memories. Bad, <laughs> Except, mad memories. Don't worry, we're not going to keep you here for hours lecturing you about geometry or calculus. Instead... Both of us will be sharing our most interesting fact of the week, so you can actually walk away from this podcast having learned something. Yeah, I feel like I've watched so much TV lately that I have one brain cell left. Me too. Too much Netflix, too many TV shows. Mm -hmm. So, do you want to go first, Junes? Okay, I thought, why not start this whole new segment with the worst fact I could ever find oh my god total tmi no is it gross is it sexual or is it just flat out gross just okay. gross. okay so you know how we have a foot phobia no oh my god well this phobia is like on a it just exacerbates this whole thing enter earwax phobia Trust me to find the most disgusting thing ever. I'm sorry, what? Okay, so how do you distinguish if you're Japanese, Chinese or Korean by your earwax? No, 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 no. Here's your earwax 101 class. So earwax is made up of sweat and keratin in the ear. Many people without strong body odor, so you have less apocrine, sweat glands. I hope I said that word right have dry, flaky earwax, while those that have more apocrine sweat glands have sticky, wet wax. And <laughs> Japanese, Chinese, and Koreans are most likely to have flaky earwax, while 80% of black and white individuals will have wet earwax. Thank you for coming to my earwax TED Talk. Oh my God, <laughs> I would like my money back, to be Aren't honest. you enlightened? Um... This is a fact that you can drop at your next first date, and it will send him running. If you want to repel somebody, this is a great fact. Right? Great, yeah. Did you come across this fact because you wanted to know what type of earwax you have? Juno? You know? Is that why? Oh yeah, totally. It's, you it know, it for just, personal reasons. That's the only reason why. You know what? I'm just helping the people, helping of, the community, I'm helping okay. the community, the CBA community here. Wow. In comparison to yours. Mine, mine is, like, so crap, honestly. My fact is terrible. Okay, so my fact of the week is actually food-related. So something to take you off of that disgusting earwax No, story now you're going to vomit your food out. Oh, my God. Okay, so... You know those things that you were given as kids, those little fortune cookies that you crack open with the little messages on the inside, you get them at Chinese restaurants. Yeah, my mum and dad always used to say that only the Western people ask for fortune cookies and the Asian people get the fruit. Oh my god, well here you go. So basically fortune cookies are not Chinese. What? Yes. But they have the full-on red dragon on that mm. black box that you get at like Woolies and Coals. Well, you'd think. They're often served as a dessert in Chinese restaurants, but they didn't originate from China. Hmm. They most likely originated from cookies made by Japanese immigrants to the United States in the late 19th or earlier 20th century. So you're saying Chinese restaurants serve Japanese dessert? Yeah. So basically, Chinese restaurants serve a westernized version of a Japanese dessert. It's super ironic because China and Japan are basically uh, political activities. Yes. That's a whole other history lesson for another day. Exactly. So if you get given one of those fortune cookies, they're not actually Chinese. No wonder my parents were always like, no fortune cookie for you. Exactly. They're a super westernized and a super American thing. Yeah. All I had to do was like eat my rock melon and watermelon and the oranges that you get given. Yes. The sliced watermelon. Watermelon. They're way superior than fortune cookies. Like why would you want some like dry bland cookie exactly okie dokes we've finally come to the end of our first episode of the year let's hope Ah. 2021 has lots of exciting things in store for you i mean it can't get any worse than 2020 right no definitely not definitely we started 2021 with some earwax facts so i mean that's we're off to a good start girl feel enlightened (laughs) (laughs) anyways please subscribe to crazy biatch asians on your favorite podcast app and if you've got a sec please rate and review us on apple Podcasts so we can keep going see you all on the instagram at crazy biatch asians for the best asian memes and you can also find us on tiktok now (laughs) major facebook cringy cringy tiktok Mm. anyways chat soon Bye. bye